Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name's Mark Salem, sitting to my right, my co-pilot, my pilot buddy in charge, Bill Conium from 25th Street Auto. Between the two of us, we've got a bushel full of gray hair. We got yeah, what, what I have left. Yeah. Beard's all gray. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I talk about gray hair guys a lot. And um, I want to tell you a funny story. The other day, have you ever had an oil leak, a small oil leak on an oil pan or a timing cover or an intake manifold? Sure. Do you, do you other than replacing the gasket, is there anything in the middle? In the middle? Yeah. I mean, can you fix it other than replacing the gasket? Have you heard well, of anything? you know, there's patches okay. to maybe reduce it, but there's no right way other than taking it apart, You're right it up, and fixing it. A hundred years ago, I'm working at a gas station in 1968, and this guy has a small leak on the front of a small block Chevy where the timing cover and the oil pan meet. Yep. Okay. Now... You can you can see it, but it's not a big one. It's just you can see it. Mm-hmm. So he cleans it up with brake fluid, brake cleaner, and he takes a vacuum line from the booster of the car next to him <laughs> and wraps it around the dipstick of the affected motor. Then he, play, he, he takes the fresh air vent on the V8 side, and then he takes a PCV valve, and he puts like five layers of duct tape. Yep. Now Close the motor's, now the now motor's, the motor's in a vacuum. So then he takes a piece of half-inch... A heater hose, puts it in his ear, and he waves down there, and he can hear the sucking of the air. Yeah. So then he takes a wet finger of silicone, and he dabs it in there. And it sucks it in there. It, it, you can see it move in, at which time he pulls the vacuum line off. He doesn't want to <laughs> suck it all the way through. <laughs> yeah. So I, I saw that so many times, and I was always amazed of his skills and talent. And he would yeah. say to them, Finesse. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to bid it for the oil pan or the timing cover or both. But I'm going to try something first. And you have to bear with me because I may give it back to you and it may leak worse or it may, it may not leak or it may leak the same. But I, I want to try this. Yeah, I'm going to give the option to save that money. That's yeah. right. And, and, and if it works, I'm going to charge you $75. And if it doesn't work, you don't owe me nothing. I'll, I'll go back and do it. So I went to the shop on Friday and Jason was doing that on a truck, on a diesel truck that had a real small oil leak. So he cleaned it up with the brake fluid, and he had his vacuum pump hooked up to it. Right. Okay. No, not right. Well, if he had a regulator. (laughs) He didn't have... It was just a vacuum (laughs) pump. It was like one of those brake fluid uh, uh, suck vacuum pumps. Yeah. So he's got him and my son and a bunch of them around the car, and he says, it's not coming in. It's not coming in. And Alan says, it will, it will. And and so I kind of walked by a couple times and then finally I see the hood still open I see everything gone and I went over to Jason and I said how how did it work and he goes that didn't work and I said I want to try it my way I said I want you to go get 20 feet of 3 8 vacuum (laughs) or fuel line from parts and I want to hook it up to this gas motor right here because there's no way you drew 16 or 18 inches of vacuum with that pump pump. no way and so I said I want you to go to the dipstick tube and I want you to do this and this so then I walked by a few minutes later and he's down there with his light, and he wets the silicone, he pushes it in, and he's got somebody up on top, and he says, okay, it's in, pull it, pull it, pull it. 
And I said, okay. So that, you that was didn't your, have enough volume to, to sell the crankcase, yeah. So, so then that was kind of before noon, and I said, now you got to let it sit. So just let it cure. I said, just push it out into the parking lot, ho- open the hood to the sun, and let's see how long it's going to take. So then I had to leave for a meeting, and later that afternoon I called, and I said, what do you think? And he goes, well, it's, it's hard to the touch, but we're gonna, it, he doesn't want it till Monday, so we're going to let it sit overnight mm-hmm. for the weekend. I said, perfect, but right. it'll, it'll work. Now, there's no risk here. It's a little bit of time. Right. There's no risk. Yeah. And, of course, like, like some of our customers, a patch is okay for right now, yeah. a- and it's written up as a patch. Right. There's but, no guarantees with patches. Right. Yeah. But the most important aspect, the difference between what they did and I did, was we used another engine for the source of vacuum, which is a much bigger volume. It's a bigger <laughs> pump, yeah. <laughs> As opposed to this little bitty, you know, pump that he's using. So anyway, they all laughed at me, and, and one of the guys speaks Spanish, and he called me the viejo, the old man. And, that, <laughs> you know, and, that, and, and so it's okay. It wasn't disrespectful or anything like that, but that's what we old guys bring to the table. We just bring some ways that we learned. And the young guys don't necessarily embrace it until they get a little gray hair of their own and all of a sudden they see um what was what, what's that movie grasshoppers they see grasshoppers young kids <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know uh, and, and, and yeah and and working a little harder than they really need to be yep. uh, you can get that out if you'll just do this and this and then you don't have to take all of this apart right oh yeah okay so anyway, 602-508-0960, the lines are wide open, except we've got one, and we're going to get to you in about 12 seconds. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Larry Harker's Auto Repair. They've been a trusted name for automotive repair in the Phoenix area since 1967. Bob and Ellen run Larry Harker's Auto. Bob is in the shop, and he is one great diagnostician, and Ellen runs the front counter. So you have the very best of both worlds. Now, Bob's really good in diagnostic. You can wave that proverbial red flag in front of him, and you say, no one can fix this problem. And you'll see him paw the ground with his foot, and you'll see him snort, and he'll go find your problem. He's really good at that. But he does auto electrical work, brake service, auto emissions, vehicle maintenance, all kinds of stuff. But he's really good at tracking down the problem that nobody else can find. So, service repair, both foreign and domestics, Larry Harker Auto, 38th Avenue and Indian School. Good morning, Joe. How is it I can help you? Good morning. I'm I'm glad you're talking about the olden days because I have a 65 Ford that has a generator, and I drive it about every two weeks. I went out to drive it. It wouldn't start. I checked the battery, a four-month-old battery, and there was only eight volts on there. So I went ahead and put my charger on it, charged it up enough so I could start it, uh, took another check, and across the battery I had 12.5, and just for the heck of it, I pulled the negative cable off, oh. and the car ran. So anyway, so then I went ahead and charged it up completely, and I put the battery back in the car, and for three days I would check it once a day uh, with nothing hooked up to it. It still had uh, 12.6 volts. Then I put the cables back on for three days and checked it, but didn't start it. Again, 12.6 volts. So on the third day, I drove the car. And I went out and got it hot enough, you know, about 10 miles of driving, came back in, pulled open the hood, checked it again, only had 12.4 volts. And when I removed the, uh, the cable, the negative cable, the car died. Okay, l- let me tell you something. We cannot let everybody know that pulling the negative cable is a good idea. Okay. Okay. Sorry. We No, no, it's okay. It's okay. You gave us an opportunity to address that. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely death. 
for anything north of what, 1981? <laughs> yeah, anything. Right, so. I mean, it. you're talking major problems. So those of you that are listening, when he's got this car running and he's pulling the negative cable, here's what he's saying. It's a Ford, and I hope it catches fire. That's no, what he's I'm, really I'm saying. not saying that, and you know that. And, and it's a generator, too. Remember, it's a generator. It, it, it doesn't make any difference. You completely fool the system at that particular point. You're, you're saying to, to the regulator, Oh, the battery just went to zero. Ah. So the regulator tells the generator, give me all you've got. And if there's a weak spot in that generator, you just found it. Okay. So, you got any comments, Mr. Old Mustang guy? You know, anytime somebody talks about these things, because, you know, I had an old 63 Galaxy with a generator. um, I was hoping he wasn't asking me how to do the polarization thing with the regulator after he replaced the generator, because... I can't remember. That's been too long ago. It's either one and three or two and four. I can tell you that much. I can tell you that much. It's 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 you're going to full field, the the um and and so I, you look at the battery and I think the battery's one. It's the big cable. Don't Joe. Don't do this until you look it up. Okay. All right. But I'm not from sure. our memory. Don't yeah. do this. I I think what you do is is you you first of all you start with the plug undone. And so you start the car up, and obviously we've taken the regulator out of it, and then you jump either one and three, and you know what? Somebody will call in and correct us, and that's good. 602 <laughs> someone older than we are. Um, and so you're going to jump one and two, one and three, or, or two and four, and then you're going to full field the generator, and it's at that point you're going to take a voltage reading. Okay. I think um, we don't really use a voltage issue that much with generators where we do with alternators, because in an alternator car, we want, Bill? 13.5, 14.2, you know. With it running. Close to 15 running. Yeah. And at 12, 9, and 13, you're 100% charged. And to give you a reference, at 12, 4, you're 40% charged. At 12, 6, you're 60% charged. That's engine off. But Bill's right. We want at least a half to one volt over what battery voltage. So if you start with a fully charged battery at 14, then a half is 14.5. And like Bill said, you can be north of that a little bit as well. So 13.5 13, to 14.5 is what we want. In your case... I'm I'm not real concerned. Uh, uh, you pulled the negative cable and the car died. I don't think that tells us anything. Does that tell you anything? Well, it makes you suspicious of the fact that the charging system, the first time he tried this, worked. Okay. And the car kept running. And the second time, it didn't keep running. It makes us suspicious that the, the charging system sometimes doesn't work based on those test results. But those are not the most accurate of test results. Well, and, and let me, let me, let's, let's discuss this out loud. He started off with 12.4. Why wouldn't the battery at 12.4 continue the ignition system? Why did it he die? He disconnected the negative cable and the battery's out of the system. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. That's what we're good for, is taking... So that's why I'm thinking... Yeah. It's not the right test. Right, right. It does. <laughs> what they make voltmeters and things for. Yeah, it, it's not a test but that we would use. Um, and, and, and you're right. It is suspicious that. But I think what you ought to do is get on the Internet and, and see if you can find how to full field a, uh, a Ford-generated uh, car. And once you do that, then you're going to leave the battery connected, pull the plug on the regulator, jump one and three or two and four, whichever it is, start the thing up, um, bring the, and, and have your voltmeter connected. And we should, that generator full field, it should at least make one to one and a half volts on top of what you started with. Okay. So if you're at 12.5, you should get 13.5, maybe even 14. Now, I've seen generators pump out more. 
right? And depending upon speed at idle, if this thing's idle in 460 RPM, a generator's not <laughs> worth much. You're well, right. That, yeah. That's the other question I had for you. When I when it's at fast idle, it's 14.6. Well, and when it's and then when it, this it was time that it, the car didn't run, it was at idle, which is about 700. Well, fourteen six is certainly the the right number. I would expect fourteen Great. to fifteen at, at high idle. Right. Yeah, that's a fast idle. Yeah. So, it, the question you've asking us is why did it run one time and why did it die the other time? Well, the question is is I thought I was at, I had some sort of a battery drain or something because my battery went down to eight volts for no apparent reason, and I thought maybe my generator wasn't working or, and I, my question is is there how can I troubleshoot the voltage regulator or the generator? Well, on the car. I think what you do is is you charge the battery to a static level okay. and you you leave it connected and check it every morning. Have a piece of paper and you write it down. Mm -hmm. If you see the the battery voltage decline, then I want you to pull a cable and do the next three days. Okay. And if you see the battery voltage continue to decline, you have a shorted cell. Okay. If In you don't see it decline, then you have a a draw. And okay. obviously, the regulator on that old car would be the first thing, unless, of course, yeah. your wife's in the trunk and she's got the <laughs> light on. Yeah, no, I, I checked all the lights and the radio and stuff like that, and so that was my question. Is is it possible that the, the generator could have, you know, something stuck and just drew the juice out? I, I well, you could also, in, 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 in doing what I said, you're going to isolate the battery from the problem. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, is you can pull the, the plug on the regulator and isolate it as well. Okay. So this is going to take you a while. Right. See, we do something different. We graph it. We okay. we have an oscilloscope, and so we're going to graph that voltage. Okay. So we'll walk away for two hours, and we'll see a degradation that you're not going to see on a digital volt ohmmeter. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna do those three tests in a period of just a day, in a in an eight-hour day. And what you might find in this case, from what you're describing, that this could very well be an an erratic problem. Having a voltmeter, an ammeter uh, on the car. Uh, could help you identify that, you know, yesterday the car was fine, but on the way home from Fry's, uh, right. it's well, no longer fine. Now's the time to do these tests. Right. Yeah, yeah and, and that's the conclusion I'm grabbing that sometimes it's fine and sometimes it's not. And, yeah, that's. Well, and then the other thing, too, is, is you got two amp meters. You can put an amp meter in parallel to the regulator, right? Right. Or you can use an inductive amp meter. And so you can do either one of those. The inductive is a little easier to use, but it's, you, it's not like you can mount it inside the car. And, and like Bill saying, intermittently the problem comes and goes. Right. So it's not like, unless you loop that wire all the way through the car and put your inductive amp meter uh, okay. around there. But an inductive amp meter is a far better tool. And here's okay. why. You can find out the trunk lights on with that inductive amp meter. Oh, okay. Cause so, all righty. Right. Well, good luck. Thank, thank you, Joe. Well, thank, thank you. You, you bet. 602-508-0960. We're going to call this the Two Gray-Haired Guys Show. <laughs> Two Gray-Haired Guys Show. So the 65 Mustang, we got that covered. How deep shall we go? How old? Are you good in the tw 30s? I, I had I had a 65 and a okay. 63, and that's about as old as I can recall ever okay. owning. I, I, I'm going to go back to 55, 54, 55, uh, actually to 50s. I, I, I can go from the so 50s. you got much north. more generator experience than I. Well, <laughs> you, you had no choice back then. <laughs> 602-508-0960. We'll be back in a minute. Hello. I'm Greg May, the proud owner of Phoenix Body Works. I started in 1982 and still love fixing mangled vehicles. I'm proud that for 32 years, my staff has been able to provide the finest collision repair service in the Valley. Industry standards tell us how to fix your car, and we don't fudge that. Leave your worry and stress to us. It's what we do. When you have an accident, remember, 
The law states that you have the right to choose your collision repair shop. All our estimators and technicians are our car certified. We have all the necessary state-of-the-art equipment to fix your vehicle right. We welcome you to visit Phoenix Body Works anytime, even if you just need a bottle of water, a cup of coffee, a snack, or to use our Wi-Fi. Phoenix Body Works offers free shuttle service, or if you need a rental car, don't sweat it. Enterprise is right next door. At phxbodyworks.com, I will explain the entire collision repair process to you in two minutes. My name is Greg May, and I wrote this message. Everyone knows it's hard to stop a train, but now it's even easier for you to get started with a new train. Mike Aliyah here again from Benefit Air to tell you that we want to make it affordable for you to get the best heating and air conditioning system available. That's why if we install a new train high-efficiency system in your home before December 31st, you can save up to $1,000 instantly. Or, with approved credit, take advantage of fantastic special financing offers that fit your budget. Call Benefit Air today for details, and don't forget that you may also qualify for a utility rebate of up to $800. When you add together the energy savings of a new high-efficiency train system, the instant discount or special financing, the utility rebates, and the quality installation that comes from using Benefit Air, you get a one-way track to affordable, reliable comfort for years to come. However, this amazing offer ends December 15th, so don't let the train leave the station without you. Call 602-840-9229. That's 602-840-9229. Or find us on the web at BenefitAir.com. Experience the benefit of choosing Benefit Air. Hey guys, let's play some video games. This new dad plays video games with his sons. But the challenge feels like he's lifting a metric ton. So many buttons. His avatar just stares at the walls, twists and turns and somehow falls. Help me. He's tangled up in the controller's cord. I just don't understand this crazy digital world. Crazy, crazy digital world. But the love from his kids is totally apparent. See, you you don't don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. You should have just played catch. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Patriot app tip number four. Want your voice heard? Email or leave a voice message straight from your Patriot app. Just open it up, click the upper left-hand corner, and select email or talk back. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Welcome back, everybody. 22 minutes after the hour, 10 o'clock. Mark Salem, Bill Conium from 25th Street Auto. And between the two of us, we've got more gray hair than anybody out there right now. So one guy calls in and he says, what's a generator? Bill? Well, the people, get, people get confused. They see these lights on their dashboard and they say, my battery light's on, it must need a battery. Right. Well, those lights on the dashboard are talking about the charging system isn't going to be charging the battery. Right. And back in the day, it was a generator. It would generate, or elect, generate electricity for the battery. Now we use alternators. They're, they're more efficient. Okay. But a generator, you should just create electricity and push it in the, in the, uh, in the battery for you. Uh, alternator works way better at at slow, like idle speeds, especially when you got the air conditioning on and things like that. And it's um, well, like uh, Mark had a, had a good analogy a little earlier. Go ahead about, about the alternator. He says the the generator is a one way thing, and the alternator is more of a circle. 
just doesn't just push electricity. It goes round and round. It's got these diodes in there, this diode trio mm-hmm. that kind of rectifies the electricity. It means it, it lets it go one way and not the other, and it, it kind of circles around and charges things up really efficiently. And and it's uh, we got rid of generators in the 70s. I don't think we had any generators in the 80s at all. And so after that, we everybody has an alternator. It's just the older cars that have generators. Yeah. So all right, let's uh, let's go to the phones real quick. Pete, good morning to you. How can I help you? Good morning. Well, got another little '65 Ford problem. Well, five gallons of gas and a road flare will usually solve the Ford problem, but we'll be willing to talk to you. All right, let's try a different approach. Okay. <laughs> Pulled my car. Pulled my car out of the driveway one day to work on my garage door, and then when I went to back it back in, the power steering didn't work. Well, I finished backing it in, and then I lifted the hood and realized that all the um, pulleys were looking down at my crankshaft pulley that had come off the crankshaft. Okay. Well, it had come off the crankshaft because I found the bolt in the driveway. (laughs) Okay. And it had cracked when it came off. And I have, for the last three months, been trying to beat a Woodruff key out of the slot oh, gosh. so I can replace the pulley. Yeah. You should have got help on that. You should have got, I mean, us gray-haired guys uh, have done that many times. And, and here here's the question to you, Bill. How many Woodruff, how many keys have you really screwed up before some gray-haired guy taught you how to get the key out? <laughs> you know, they were mangled up more in my early years. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Let me give you an example. A, a cowboy brings over an axle to me the other day, and both races are welded to the axle. And you okay. can see they've been beaten on that thing with everything imaginable. And he says, you know, I told him you could get this off because you always brag about this. And I said, I can and he says, well, do, do you get, I need to take this back. And I said, no, no, it's going to cost you. He says, what? And I said, $5 a race. I says, I'll have both of them off in 10 minutes or less. And he goes, deal. So I pulled out my die grinder and ground the 12 o'clock and the 6 o'clock on each race. Came off, them off two pieces. <laughs> so he gave me $20. He goes, it was worth it. <laughs> and I said, no, I'll take your 10 Now, ten. you can't die grinder the front of your crankshaft. No, off, you can't. No, you can't. Almost always, it's going to be better off if you pull the timing cover so you can work on both sides of that Woodruff key. So that's really what you need to do at this particular point. But a lot of times, if you have the ability to rock one end and the other... No, no, it's it's only half there. Okay, well... And it's just, it, I mean, it just doesn't move. Okay, well, I know it doesn't move for you, but here's the problem. If you were to take a blunt on one end, keep in mind that's half round... Mm-hmm. So you take a, but you can't get to it with the timing cover on it. So if you put a blunt on one end and you tap that side, then you go to the other end and you tap that side. Pretty soon you're going to rock that key out of there. It breaks it loose. So, but but well, if you but, use a center punch, you're going to swell up the metal, and then you're going to cause it to stick even more. So you have to use a blunt, and it has to be the same size. That's how we take it off. Now, there's two kinds of keys. Some of them are flat, and they go in a groove, and I've seen Fords that had one of each. Right. And then some are the half round. Is yours the half round? No, yeah, mine's the half round. I can I can feel the the slot, so I can tell that it's a half round, yep. and it's half there in the half round, the back half. Well, let me ask both of you a question. If it's half sheared off, how do you know it's half round and it's not square? Well, I can stick 
a little wire or my little screwdriver, and I can feel the way the the slot goes. You know, it okay. starts and it's slide. You know, gets, oh, and that's true. If the crankshaft so. is half round, the key's going to be half round. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, there's no easy way around it. Um, you might have to pull the timing cover off of it, and um, if the timing the timing the, cover off. Yeah, usually the key that Mark's describing is kind of disappearing pretty darn close to the crankshaft seal in the timing cover, which means in order to get much of anything, whether it's even if you're just going to try to get underneath yeah. the back of it without doing the, the rocking thing, you pretty much have to get behind it, which means you, you remove the crankshaft <laughs> or you remove the timing cover because that sounds a lot easier. Right, okay, you, I'm going to... But, uh, okay. Email Mark a picture in well, case we're missing hey, Pete, the point Pete, here. Pete, Pete, <laughs> can you see both ends? Can Can you no, put a? No, okay. because you're right. The crankshaft seal right. is right at the edge of. Okay. Now I've got a, I got an old 289. Okay. Well, we've given you the best advice we can give you. This is what we do. You got to okay. take the timing cover off of it. Besides that, doesn't that have a loop across the front of the pound on the 289s? I'm uh, pretty sure it does. Yeah. yeah, it has a lip. So now if you take the timing cover off, you've got to figure out how you're going to put that lip seal back on there because 99 times out of 100, that leaks unless you're, you've done it before numerous times. Yeah. No, so, no, no, I haven't. This is all new experience. I've okay. never yeah. expected this problem. I understand. Yeah, I, understand. I understand. Well, the, the, the easiest thing to do, what part of town do you live in? Glendale. Um, I'd call Tom at Thunderbird Auto. He's north and west of you. And yeah, I know ask, right where he is. Yeah, you, you say to him, Mark Salem says you probably can't get this key out, but I'm wondering if you want to comment on it. And so um, my, <laughs> and he's an old enough guy. But um, if you're in Glendale, uh, you're close. You're 25th Street in Indian School. Not terribly far away, yeah. yeah well, not, I'm, no, I'm at 59th and Cactus, so I'm very oh, close. Oh, yeah. All right. You're real close to Tom. Yeah, you're real close to Tom. So I'd, I'd challenge Tom and, and ask him, uh, give me the top end of it, because I'm thinking if you have to pull the cover off and put the cover back on and get that keyway straightened out, and maybe he has to, we have to look at the old crankshaft uh, pulley, the, the harmonic balancer, to see if it's going to work, blah, 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 blah. Right. We could be into this thing for uh, three, four, five hundred dollars. Which means you, when you look at all these things, you might really be happiest letting somebody take over. Yeah. I think I think you would be. Anyway, I got to run. We'll, we'll Thank be back. You. Right, you betcha. We'll be back right after this. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A plus rating. Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101.
Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons Tom and Paul operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Rain Tree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Rain Tree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating, and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Rain Tree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. So what would you do with an extra $500 a month in your budget? 500 bucks. This isn't hypothetical, by the way. This is something you may need to think about very soon if you decide to become a member of MediShare. MediShare is a way to pay for your health care, and typically it costs $500 less per month for a family versus other health care plans. So seriously, think about this. You could pay off loans, pay down a mortgage, save the money for retirement, donate to charity. That would be a big deal. But you know what? Here's the best thing. MediShare works. It has 250,000 members, and it's growing fast. With MediShare, not only do you save you don't have to pay for things you don't believe in either. And that is a beautiful thing, too. So here's how you can find out more. And you might actually wind up saving even more than $500 a month. So check into it. Here's the number. Call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. Now available in Montana. Call 844-41-BIBLE. This is the sound of salmonella gyrating on your undercooked chicken. And it looks like mom might be taking it out a little early. Don't let salmonella get funky with your chicken. On average, one in six Americans will get a foodborne illness this year. So use a thermometer to cook each type of meat to the right temperature. Keep your family safe at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Become a fan of 960 The Patriot on Facebook or follow us on Twitter today. Just go to 960thepatriot.com for more information. All about that demon, all the mobile, the metal monster with the polyglass wheels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all righty. Welcome back, everybody. It's 34 minutes after the hour of, 11, of 10 o'clock, and the lines are open. 602 Mark and Bill Conium from 25th Street Auto is here at your service, so if you have an older model car, we, we can usually help you on something like that. This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Air Park Auto Service. Air Park Auto Service and my shop, we opened up about the same time in the late 70s and early 80s. Stacy and Nadine opened up Air Park Auto. Stacy passed away from leukemia, but Nadine is still running the operation. She's one of the few in the United States that I know of that answers to no man. So she's <laughs> running the store. And with her experience, she kind of knows the difference between uh, a line of BS and uh, uh, the truth. She's been around the block. But if you live in North Scottsdale and you don't have a repair shop, Air Park Auto is my suggestion. They're on Rain Tree, just east of Hayden, which is just south of Frank Lloyd Wright Boulevard or south of Bell Road. But Nadine's a good place. And those of you that are ladies 
that have a tough time finding a shop you're comfortable with. If you live in the North Scottsdale area, again, Air Park Auto. They're on Raintree just east of Hayden, and I think Raintree is about three or four blocks south of Frank Lloyd Wright Boulevard. Okay, so we have a couple of old cars. Let me tell you a story about a couple of weeks ago. A guy calls in and he says, hey, I've got, I've got a Ford Fusion, and um, I've got a headlight out, and they quoted me $800, and they said they had to pull the front bumper cover. What's your first blush? My, fir- my first indication is, did this guy say it was a Volkswagen New Beetle? Because that's the first car I came across where you had to take the bumper off to get to the headlight. Um, I didn't know you had to do that on a Fusion. We take care of a number of Fusions at our place. Okay. So it, it made me think, I wonder if it's really an $800 uh, headlight replacement, or should this guy get a second opinion? Which is what I said to him. I'm a little uncomfortable with that. I can tell you this much. Honda and Camrys are famous for that. You got to oftentimes pull the front bumper to do a lot of stuff, especially condensers and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. You got to pull. You got to pull. Yeah. Um, what's that uh, radiator support? The core support. The core support. The core support. Yeah, pull that out. So anyway, I said to him, I think I'd get another opinion. He ends up in my lobby. <laughs> All right, and I happen to be there. So um, I said, "What did we quote him?" She says, "We didn't quote him anything. We're going to just look and see." Mm-hmm. So I walk outside. They put my senior guy Eddie on it. And I walk up to Eddie and I go, um, how long do you think it's going to take to get this bulb out? And he hands me the bulb and he goes, 29 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I said, is this a real bulb? Because if you're going to embarrass me, I'm going to walk up front and you don't have the bulb out. I'm telling you right now. And he starts laughing and he goes, that's the bulb that came out of this car. I said, I want to know what you did. He said, look it. This is just... Yeah, if you want to pull the bumper cover, you can. But he says, I took the coolant bottle and I moved it backwards. And then I had this particular, I don't know if it was an evaporator container or something. He says, and I loosened it up and I moved it over here. And I reached in and I pulled this bulb out. Here, here, here's the bulb. So I walked in and I said, I know that they quoted you nothing. Um, and they, But here's your bulb. And if you want to pay, you owe me 30 minutes. So that's 6750 <laughs> and uh, he says, really? And I said, no, that's really your bulb. He says, okay. I says, like a $35 bulb. You want me to stick one? He goes, of course I do. So here's where it turns ugly. We plug the bulb in. We put it in. We put everything back together. <laughs> it, doesn't it doesn't work. Because it wasn't the bulb's fault. <laughs> it wasn't. So we take it back out again, and the, the plug is melted. We just mm-hmm. never notice it because it's in that area that we don't. Yeah, hard to see. Yeah. yeah. So we find out that Ford has a new ceramic plug because this is a problem. Not because it's a problem. Ceramic is a good heat. Exactly. Uh, so we cut the wires. We go get a plug. We put it back together. We And then I say to him, here's the hard part. The hard part is we put your old bulb in because it works. <laughs> no, or do you, he says, I'd just as soon you, you replace the bulb. And I said, okay. He And I said, now keep in mind, this is a $60 R&R, remove and reinstall. So you know, it's whatever you want to do. Frankly, I don't know what he decided to do, but he could have left the bulb in there knowing full well that it's a $68 labor and not an $800 <laughs> labor kick. So it's not that I'm a hero on this deal. It's just that the second opinion paid him big dividends. Right. And that's the purpose of me saying to you and you saying to them, get another opinion. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Um, I want to tell you about a restaurant we went today. Um, we had a couple of birthdays in our family, so there was nine or ten of us that went to a breakfast place called Oink. Oink. Okay. And they serve bacon. I bet they're really good at bacon and sausage. They are. <laughs> so we sat down, and we all ate, and the food was absolutely great. And now, let's pretend there's ten of us, 
And we had coffee, we had mimosas, we had the kids had orange juice, the kids had this, the kids had that. We had a everything. How much? What would you well, think? Some places this could be a thousand dollars. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking at least fifteen dollars a person. Oh heck I'm, yeah. I'm thinking at least fifteen dollars a person. Oh yeah. It, it, Probably at least better with mimosas and stuff, yeah. Everybody at the table is part of the business, so I pull out the business card mm-hmm. because we're having a staff meeting, and um, the bill's $98. And $10 I, a piece? I, Not I, even. I, honestly. And so I paid the bill, and I, I, I This is a good advertisement for Oink. Well, I want to tell you something. So I asked for the manager, and you know that when you ask for the manager, the manager's heart skips a beat. So... I, they, I see him talk to him, and he starts walking my way. So I walk, and we kind of step off to the side. And I said, um, hey, I just want to tell you something. And you can see in his eyes that he says, he, I'm never coming back. And I said, I'm going to tell you something. We enjoyed our stay here. This is the first time we've been here. Um, we really like the ambiance, and we really like the food. But you're too damn cheap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he says, why? <laughs> and I says, I, I just fed 10 people for $98. And I says, we've been to other places, and the bill's been twice that much. Sure. Money. So I said, even if you charged me from 98 to 110, you've increased your, your net profit by 10 points. Right. But I'm not here to tell you how to run your business, because I've never worked <laughs> on a restaurant. But I can tell you something. I says, I'm monitoring my competitors. And I said, I'm not as low as you are in this case. He says, well, we're brand new. And I said, your name of your restaurant's Oink. I said, it was hard to get my wife here, <laughs> but we're really happy, and we'll be back. So anyway, it was an interesting conversation, but it's like anything else. When somebody asks for the owner, you walk downstairs, your stomach's in your pocket. Yeah. You know, you're going, oh, boy. what this can't what, be good. That can't be good. 602-508-0960, if you have a car question, or if you have a what kind of car should I buy, or if you have I got this estimate. All that kind of stuff is well within our wheelhouse. Bill Conium from 25th Street Auto. 25th Street in Indian School? 25th Street, just north of Indian School. By the Taco Bell there. Just by the Taco Bell north. And Bill's been in our best car repair shops for years and years and years. And I have never had a complaint about Bill in any way, shape, or form. And as a matter of fact, I've sent a lot of customers to you who were kind enough to respond to me and give me a grade for you. I think you can do better than a D-, minus, but we'll discuss that on the other side of the break. <laughs> Hello, I'm Greg May, the proud owner of Phoenix Body Works. I started in 1982 and still love fixing mangled vehicles. I'm proud that for 32 years, my staff has been able to provide the finest collision repair service in the valley. Industry standards tell us how to fix your car, and we don't fudge that. Leave your worry and stress to us. It's what we do. When you have an accident, remember, the law states that you have the right to choose your collision repair shop. All our estimators and technicians are our car certified, We have all the necessary state-of-the-art equipment to fix your vehicle right. We welcome you to visit Phoenix Body Works anytime, even if you just need a bottle of water, a cup of coffee, a snack, or to use our Wi-Fi. Phoenix Body Works offers free shuttle service, or if you need a rental car, don't sweat it. Enterprise is right next door. At phxbodyworks.com, I will explain the entire collision repair process to you in two minutes. My name is Greg May. And I wrote this message. 
I'm Chris Walls, and I'm a truck driver from Missouri. For 13 hours a night, I sit in my truck and I drive. Out of boredom, I'll stop and eat. If I'm not doing fast food, I guarantee there's a bag of chips open on my dashboard. That was all until Andro 400. I started out four months ago, and since taking Andro 400, I have dropped 45 pounds. I'm sleeping better. There's no cravings. I actually don't even think about food. My knee pain went away. I've had some lower back issues, and I've noticed that that went away, and I can only contribute that to Andro 400. One thing that Andro 400 said on the radio ad, does it attacks belly fat? Well, let me tell you, it did. The second month is where I saw a drastic change in the size of my stomach. I've lost six inches. This product really does work. So guys, if you'd like to experience similar results, then get Andro 400, the safe, natural, and inexpensive way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435. 888-400-0435. Rich Please, is just a really, oh, really, really good guy. The term good egg isn't enough to describe him. He's also certified organic and free range. Rich puts the cap back on everything. The toothpaste, the olive oil, the shampoo, everything. He lets his 10-year-old nephew beat him at virtual tennis, even though he can straight up slay his 10-year-old nephew in virtual tennis. When the toilet paper is running low, Rich replaces the roll on the actual holder, not just on the back of the toilet. Rich is texting and driving. Rich, no. What are you doing, Rich? I was just telling everyone how great you are. Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Mark Salem, Bilconium here. We're going to be here until noon talking about cars, and you're welcome to join us. We have two callers. And before we talk about the callers, talk to the callers. Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing is the only shop in Mesa that carries the designation that Mark Salem recommends them. Why is that important? Is because I only recommend shops that have been in business for five years and that I've personally inspected and that I've personally known the owner and I trust them to keep Mark Salem's butt out of trouble. And so these guys are really the very best of the best. And as far as Mesa is concerned, Thompson's Auto Repair is the best. They have ASC certified technicians. They're not going to sell you everything in the world. They're not going to flush your wallet. All you have to do is meet Brian and Thelma, which is the husband and wife that own uh, Thompson's Auto, and you'll know why they're on my list. They are the salt of the earth. They're exactly the kind of people that you hope your son brings home or you bring, or your wife or your daughter brings home, but they're married, so forget about that. The idea is, is Thompson's Auto Repair. They're on Main Street, just east of Stapley. Great place to go. Jenny, good morning to you. How can we help you this morning? Oh, hi. I had to get into the speakerphone. Um, I have a, uh, a 98 Buick LeSabre, an engine light stays on, and it's due for an inspection, and they told me it won't pass uh, because of that light being on. Yes. Here's what's going on. The light is yellow, Jenny, which means caution. It doesn't mean stop. It doesn't mean that this is an emergency. It just says that the computer sees something wrong. Now, the computer's not smart enough to tell us exactly where the problem is, but the job of the shop, the job of the technician, is to find out what state the problem's in, and then the city, and then the street, and then the address. Oh, so. Boy. 
you can go into the auto parts store where this three-whiskered kid who might have three whiskers on his chin, and he's going to plug this little thing into the dashboard, and he's going to say, oh, you have a bad oxygen sensor. I'm here to tell you that only 10 to 20% of the codes, and he's going to pull the code from the computer, of the code that says oxygen sensor actually necessitates the change, the, ch- the replacement of the oxygen sensor. But let me tell you this, Jenny. His job is to sell parts. So when he says to you, Jenny, you have four oxygen sensors and I want to sell you all of them, you're going to spend two or $300 on his guess. And the chances of him being right is about one in eight. So here's what has to happen. Your computer, because it shows a fault code, it won't go through emissions. And so you have to have that fixed first. Now, do you have a regular shop? Uh, no, I don't. Where do you live? I mean, the cross streets. The area of Bell and 67th Avenue. 67th and what? Bell Road? Bell? Bell Road. Uh Okay. If I were you, I would look up Thunderbird Auto. Thunderbird Auto. Thunderbird Auto. And he's on, um, let me look at the thing here real quick. He's on Thunderbird at 88th Avenue. Very close. He's okay. very close, and his name is Tom, and, and, and you're going to say, um, I have a check engine light on. Some guy on the radio suggested I talk to you, and he's going to say to you, I'm going to charge you this diagnostic time, and then I'm going to find the problem, and then I'm going to bid the repair. Sometimes, about 15% of the time, the diagnostic is the fix as well. So by the time we find the bad connection or the loose vacuum line, then it takes, you know, $85 to find it, and it takes two and a half cents to fix it. <laughs> so don't count on that. Don't count on that, but I'm just telling you, sometimes that's what happens, okay? Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome, ma'am. You're welcome. Good luck. And if Tom um, takes advantage of you, you just call me back, and I'll go over there and, and spank him really hard with a big stick with nails in it. Is that something I should do? It might be appropriate. But he's bigger than I am. Too, so. Well, that's why you get the stick. Okay, okay. All righty, Tony, good morning to you. How can we help you this morning, Tony? Good morning. I have a 2016 F-150 uh, FX4 Lariat. And the front sits a little lower, and I was thinking about doing a leveling kit because I like to go up north and go hunting. I want to get a second set of rims with some mud tires to put on when I'm out doing that. And I don't want to get stuck in the ruts and stuff with the street tires. Um. The things or the information I found about installing a leveling kit in the front is you basically have to disconnect everything. And I was thinking to myself, why wouldn't you just compress the springs and insert the uh, spacer in there and then uh, lower it back down onto the where it should be and then thread the bolt? Do you have any idea what the size of the coil spring con- compressor, com- you know, the tool to compress the spring? I, I doubt very seriously if we have one that's strong enough to compress it where the coils touch. And I think it's in your best interest to drop the axles down a little bit and um, and not try to load that spring. And, and keep in mind, you've got to raise the... If you put a two-inch pad in there or a one-inch yeah. pad, you have to raise the spring two inches. So you right. have to lift up the body, you have to lift up the truck by the frame, let the wheels dangle, but you're going to still have to have probably two inches of clearance, and I don't think you're going to get that with a spring compressor, and I'll tell you why. My son does this all day long. It's called leveling the nose. Right. So we level it on Dodges, and we do lots of Fords and stuff, and we've never been able to sneak the the uh, the spacer in there. So I all think right. 
I think it's a matter of just calling around and, and getting getting numbers on it. Is it a four-wheel drive? Yes, it is. What are you thinking about snow tires on the back um, on a four-wheel drive? What do you? I'm talking to Bill. Well, if he's going to be off-road, I'm I'm really just fine with a, an aggressive tire all the way around. But they got to be the same tire all the way around. And and it's it's a, it's a circumference issue. Um, right. I suppose if you had a, somebody mount up a snow tire, and then they took a cloth measuring tape and went around the the highway tire and then went around the snow tire. They have to be pretty doggone close. I, I'm talking less than an inch. So the circumference is important for four-wheel drives because we can't have, in an aggravated, in an exaggerated way, we can't have bicycle tires on the front and slicks off of a dragster on the back. That that really uh, takes uh, causes problems in four-wheel drive. Real hard on the right. system. But well, you I want to get bigger tires just so that because the ruts are always the stock tires, you're, you're going to drag all day long every time you hit a rut. Okay, and, and if you do that, you, you, you have to ensure that you're talking to someone who's skilled at this because the wor- worst possibility is is after you level the front and you put bigger tires and wheels on it, then all of a sudden you start rubbing those front ones that you didn't have that before. So as the body raises up or as the wheel comes into the wheel well, it rubs, and now you're out four-wheeling and you're having to deal with the rub even though you've lifted the nose off of it an inch or two. And that's right. a real problem. So back tires aren't so much a problem because they're just moving up and down, and they're not going left and right as well. So whatever you do, just make sure that you look them in the eye and you say, listen, you're telling me these tires and wheels are going to work. I'm going to spend $1,000 or more. You're going to spend between 1000 and 2000 depending on what kind of wheels you got or which kind of wheels you want. And, and I, I, if they rub, if they don't perform good, then I want to bring them back now. You also are going to affect your odometer and your speedometer. So how are you going to deal with that? I don't drive that fast. Yeah. And actually, sometimes on Fords, we can go in with the scanner, and we go into the ABS folder, and we can actually change the diameter or the circumference of your tire. Now, Bill, I'm going to ask you this high school question. How don't do you, make me do math. Uh, it is math. It, but it, it's just a formula. I don't want the answer. Okay. What's the formula with respect to diameter, circumference, and all that kind of stuff? Pi the radius squared? No, that's that, that's for the surface area. Um, diameter squared. Diameter times pi okay. gives you circumference. But you were right. You were right. And you actually put it in more mathematical terms, but the diameter of the tire times pi gives you that. But it's far better just to wrap a, a cloth tape around oh, a fully yeah. inflated tire. Yeah. So that's 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 how I would do it. I would look at a variety, and then you have to aim the headlights as well. So don't forget, this is going to be a, a an issue that's evolving. It's not going to be able to just do one. You're going to have to do multiple things to bring the nose up. The car was okay. all engineered one way, and whenever you change things, you change more than you thought. So you, you, there may be some some benefits and some drawbacks and some extra things like aiming he- headlights when you when you get done. Well, and that, that's the reason why I know that is because <laughs> when we first started leveling out the front end of trucks, then and then they came back and said, "Everybody's flashing their lights. Did you guys mess with my headlights?" No, we raised your nose. Remember that. So right. we got to drop your headlights. Well, I'll just do a couple of screws with a screwdriver. Nah, let us do it. Well, you know, we know that we know exactly what to do. But anyway, that's what you're up against, Tony, is, is, is you know, next time you see a Ford Lariat that's got some work done to it, then just leave a note on the windshield and say, hey, would you call me and tell me who did your work and are you happy? That's an easy way for a referral. Great. 
That's why I call. Thanks for the advice. All right. Good luck, Tony. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Automatic Transmission Exchange is over on 40th Street in Washington. If you've ever gone up and down 40th Street in Washington, maybe on your way down to court or to a son's game, or from a son's game, or from court, then you've probably driven by Automatic Transmission Exchange. We call it ATE. It's been around since 1968. 68. I'm not going to tell people how old we were in 68, but we I was just becoming a gas station jockey on working the full in the self-service islands, and I'll tell you how long ago it was. Gasoline was 27, 29, and 31, and we had just had the mid-grade come out. And Volkswagens filled up for Volkswagen Beetles filled up for four dollars. I was going to say four dollars and twenty cents. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So anyway, and Phil is not that old, but he is well skilled when it comes to that. Transmission repairs, replacements, going to the next level and providing great products that meet or exceed OEM specifications. Automatic Transmission Exchange is a great place. So if you live in Phoenix, anywhere in Phoenix, 40th Street in Washington, Automatic Transmission Exchange. This is a hard question to ask, but it's a hard question to answer, too. What is it that people say at the, in the front lobby that just makes you kind of tighten up your jaw a little bit? They'll walk in. Maybe they're a new customer. Is there anything that you can think of that, that just kind of scares you? or, or and, and see, and let me explain. My dad would say, that if you have somebody comes in, come in that you have a bad feeling about, just shoot them a really big number. He says because they'll they'll usually go away. They'll usually go away. And he says they won't say that you're an a hole. They'll say you're expensive. He says it's better than having them condemn you because you have a big mouth or you're an idiot. So he says you know it's better than, than that. There's a little bit of merit to that with respect to businesses. But I'll tell you what what bothers me is either ladies coming in and telling me that the neighbor said this is what's wrong with their car. Or it bothers me when a guy comes in and tells me how he wants me to fix his car according to Google. Now you've touched upon the one that bothers me most. is I looked on the Internet, and this is what's wrong with my car. Yes. That makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. I'll, I'll do better than that. This wads up my panties. <laughs> I mean to tell you. And this is what I say to them in a nice way. Let me get this straight. You want to spend your hard-earned money based on a guess from someone you've never met before. You have no idea of their skills or anything. You don't know if they heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend. You have no idea, and you want to spend your money on their guess. Why don't you let me stand up to you and say, I need some diagnostic money. I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. And I can tell you unequivocally that 7 out of 10 times, maybe 8 out of 10 times, they were wrong. The I, web I was would wrong. say that the most time, yes. And, and here's, here's my thing, is junk in is junk out. So when they ask you what your engine vacuum is, people I can't answer that. Right. They don't know it should be 16 or 18 inches of vacuum. So when you start com- communicating with someone and you give them bad information, they're going in the wrong direction. That's why we don't ask our customers, what's your engine vacuum when your catalytic converter's plugged up? Because they don't know. They don't know. So that's what bothers me is the, is the Google and the Internet and the YouTube stuff. That, that just kind of bothers me. It is a great source of disinformation. Well, and it's, it's uh, it, again, you're spending your money on someone's guesses in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, whose name is, is Jockstrap7. 
You know what I'm saying? And they have a grand marquee, but you have a Chevy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. Bill and I are here at your service, and we promise not to make fun of you. And, and, we, and I promise for Bill, too.